Nobody is ready to play D&D today. I am. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm joined today as your Dungeon Master Paul by four players of Dungeons and Dragons. Hey, this is Jeremy. I play Lork Darkbolt. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Servants Off the Wall. I am Alan. And I play Jim. Hi, I'm Red. And I play Kellen. For now. <laughs> Last time we played, the Langolas Inn exploded. It was a good time. Our party got pretty riggedy wrecked. We thought Kellen was dead. But not in that way. Really, they got hurt real bad. Kellen literally did die. Jim got hooked. Lorik almost fell to his death and was beaten within an inch of life. Sir Vance had a giant puncture wound in his side from his broken pike. Still do. Kellen was on the brink of death. I went to the afterlife. I saw things you would never have seen. Two successes, two failures. But he came back from the brink with the help of Sir Vance and his grandfather, Elevanre Honorius, the archdruid of Fallen Grove was running around in an adult diaper. <laughs> that's not it. I mean, an adult I'm, diaper. I think that's what it would, I think that's the truth. It's like a wrap. I don't really know what you call those things. Anyway, it's like a loincloth. Yeah, I was about to say loincloth. Mankini. Paldo survived. Lorik recovered his magic items along with his standard issue wand. And our group was reunited as we ended episode 32. We begin today as the five of you, no, I'm sorry, the six of you, <gasps> including Guy and Paldo, are making your way out of the Langolas Inn. You've had instructions from Elevanre to head to the circle, the Corrine, and to wait for him there. Before we get into the action, let me just real quickly roll this John D20. Ooh. Ooh. What is it? It's an Ooh. 18. I mean, Paul rolled a nat 1 and we almost all died. Yeah, I was about to say, you rolled a nat 1 the last time we almost died. Yeah. Maybe we have it backwards. Exactly. Higher is better for you. Lower, Lower is, is worse. worse for you. That could be it. As you all exit the building and start to make your way, Paul, though, is sort of nattering on a bit, chattering. Lark, so, uh, I mean... Are, are, are we really going to go over to the circle? I've, I've heard that that's... Yeah, we're going to go over the circle, and we're going to... Oh, I, you don't even know what we're doing. We're here to save the tree. Oh, cool. The, the tree we just blew up? That seems a little <laughs> no. bit counterproductive. Well, we might have to blow up that tree, too, or protect it, oh, or... Man. I'm not exactly sure what we got to do, but someone's going to try to steal a stone out of it, and if they steal it, everything here dies, and we Ew! die. Ew! You hear from the street oh, someone screaming out, I will kill you. Who, who is it? Storming towards you is an elven woman. Towards me? Well, toward the six of you. She has long, dark auburn hair. 
Her beautiful, fancy robes are torn and burnt in places. Her hair is sticking out in different places. She has cuts on her face, and her eyes are bugging out as she storms towards you. <laughs> Lorik draws his wand. Uh, Paldo, you might want to get behind us. Do you know who that is? You destroyed my inn. My precious inn. Servant, she said she's going to kill us. Yeah, I drew my great sword. How could you do this? We didn't do anything. We didn't. Your halflings did it. Oh, my, my halflings. You. And you, paladin. Oh, I, I know you were responsible, and I will not rest until I shower the ground with every drop of your blood, she says, getting right up in your face. Should we kill her now? I'll whip out my orb. I would love to see you try. She steps back, looks around. I mean, there's she's not surrounded by a slew of guards like she typically would be. Did I have any of my spell slots back? <laughs> no. I mean, you might have some if you had any left, but you haven't regained any. It won't be today. And it may not be tomorrow. But your last breath, when you take it, I'll be standing over you. Don't you talk to Sir Vance like that. <laughs> She points at her eyes and then points at your eyes. At Lorik's? Lorik. Oh. Oh, yes. And then she points at her eyes and points at your eyes, Sir Vance. <laughs> and then she points at her eyes and looks at you, Jim. I look away. Yeah. <laughs> she she just instead looks down at Kellen and points her fingers in his eyes. I'll point my fingers right back at hers. Uh, Sir Vance, should I use the normal one or should I use the wonderful one? Don't use either. You tend to have terrible judgment, and I don't know if you realize this, mm-hmm. but we're out in the open, and we can't kill don't someone. Don't keep talking we... on like I'm not standing here. No one cares if you're standing here. <laughs> Mark my words. There's this crazy woman trying to threaten you. How come you haven't killed her yet? You will pay, she says, while slinking off, backing away slowly into the crowd. Empty threats. You will pay. While she was talking, uh huh. I cast Minor Illusion, and there's a dancing mom goblin right behind her. <laughs> So dumb. She like passes through it, but then when it appears on the other side of her, she goes <gasps> and jumps and like trips and falls and then checks to make sure no one was looking and then gets up and runs off into the crowd. I hope she wasn't like a powerful boss of like 12 year old halflings that's going to come murder us in our sleep. Paldo sticks his head out from behind your legs, Servants, where he's been hiding ever since she showed up. And he says, That was Ileana Golas. You know her? She's like the head. Of the free leaves. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that means. They're bad people. Should we kill her? No, we shouldn't. I mean, I don't know. Is that a thing? You just kill people? If they're gonna stop... Only Lork wants If to. they're gonna stop us from saving the tree... I'm just saying yes. you, you should, you know, watch your back. She's... She's... She's, she's gonna have her hands full for days. Yeah. And we'll be long gone by then. She seemed pretty angry, though. Yeah, but... I'd like to see her try to kill us. I think we'll be fine. Well, she might be the head of the leaf people, but I leaves. am the head of Lettuce. the truth seekers. Oh. Oh, the truth seekers. Yeah, it's something I just made up, but we're powerful. Oh, wow, that sounds really awesome. Can I be a part of that? Yes, you're the second member. Oh, man. Paulo, be careful. Jim's really cool, but he has like this demon thing he worships. What? I don't worship a demon. I just traded oh. something to something I don't know about for power. <laughs> okay. Well, if you don't think I should, Lark, maybe I won't. I don't know, but... I mean, Paldo, you should probably just come with us and help us save this tree. It's too late. You're a truth seeker. 
I mean, okay, I'm I'm cool. With we're that. all truth seekers now. It's a really cool name. Can we get like robes, all of us? That say are, truth seek. We should get those. What color is uh, Alan's robe with all the eyes? Purple. 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 I think we could get some robes. Some we should purple. all get purple robes. Kellen, if we if we back. don't make it to the arch druid soon, I'm probably gonna use magic missile on all of these guys. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to say, hey, I mean, let's not worry about it. My grandpa is literally the arch druid of this place, and he's probably got all that handled. But you know, whatever. This conversation, I'm assuming, is continuing on as you all make your way through the canopy. Yes. Okay, you all are headed toward the Corrine, and you're passing right now through the more residential district, which is the Sulch branch. And it's a good walk to where you're going, and, and you guys don't feel so great. Like, you're wounded, you're sore, you're sort of put back together. You all, I'm assuming, are talking more about the truth seekers and discussing the events of the day and all of that stuff. Purple robes. Purple robes with truth seekers across the back <laughs> as you all are making your way toward the Corrine. And it, it takes you a while. It's slow going. You all probably have to stop and rest, especially Kellen and Lorik need to maybe sit down every once in a while and catch their breaths. But eventually, you all make it to the circle. And for those of you that have never been here, it's a bit of a breathtaking sight. In the middle of the city, is first thing that you notice a giant tree coming up through the very center it's definitely the biggest tree that you've ever seen and the trunk of it is i couldn't tell you how wide it is it's it's massive the biggest tree you've ever seen in your entire life and coming out of it in a circle around it is this dome okay and the dome is crafted from all of these white branches they almost seem bleached, you know what I mean? Almost unnatural in how that they are pure white. And they are woven in such a way that they almost seem like they are thread around these gigantic leaves that cover the dome of this place. Kellen, it looks like there's a spider problem. No, you silly. Oh my That's gosh, just... have you ever seen a tree that large? That's just magic, man. That's that's like bigger than the Archmage's Tower. Well... Your archmage needs to get good. The white branches are woven in and out of these leaves to create... It creates a structure almost like a... I don't know. It's not really like a, whisk, a wicker basket, but it's kind of like that. But between each of the branches are these giant leaves. They're yellow and pale orange. They're almost translucent like a window. Wow. And coming from the direction of each of the three primary branches, there is a huge oval to a point archway that opens up toward each of the branches and above it there is a symbol that represents each of the three parts of the insignia of Atonia, right? The seed, mm -hmm. the leaf, mm -hmm. the root. Solch, Las, and Arid. And you all are coming from the Solch branch. Wow, Kellen. Solch. You didn't tell me that you you were part of the the control of the something this magnificent. This is this is like well, I'm not in control of this. I mean, there were some times when me and mom and dad had to come down here and I had to wear all these fancy garbs, and that was really annoying. But, I mean, that was just for, like, because my, my grandpa likes to be very formal. He didn't seem that formal in, uh, in his underclothes. Yeah, that was weird for you, Kellen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. I've honestly never seen him naked like that before, but, yeah. I'm glad you've never seen your grandpa naked. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we wow. all? Wow. Aren't we all? And at that point, I'm looking something up. I hope you're talking about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, bear okay. stuff. And 
Oh, I've never seen my grandpa naked. I better look something uh, up. Oh, wait. Now that you mention it, Google, look up grandpa naked. Okay, so you all approach this giant dome that houses the Corin o Atonia, which is the circle of Atonia. That's where all of the druids that are the sort of government in this area come to meet. This is also where the archdruid lives, and it is where people come to him for aid and things like that. It's also the center of the canopy, like pinpoint the center. As you step inside the gate, the open gate, there's no door shutting it, it's just open. As you step inside, you can see that the sun shining in through this dome creates a strange sort of light inside. It's a reddish and orangish and yellowish light sort of mixing together because of all these giant pale leaves that cover the openings around the dome. The sunlight that permeates the chlorine is painted, like I said, a mesmerizing sort of light. It calms you in a way. The floor is comprised of a large wooden platform in the center. Like when you go in, it's just like it has been. It's just the wood that makes the street. You know, it's the natural wood growth. grain yeah. and growth. But in the center, like there's that giant tree coming up. Mm-hmm. Through the top of the dome, through the bottom, in the center, it's cut off. There's a giant stump in the middle of this. Is there a rock? No, there's not. But it's that's <laughs> the platform. Uh, there is a large platform that is a stump cut off in the center, and it is filled with all these different rings that show you that this tree is very, very old. Just like Kellen's grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Along each of the rings are a series of small cushions where the members of the Corrine of Olatonia will come and sit during their deliberations. However, in the center of this giant platform, this stump, there's one small circle. It's the core of this stump, and it's a dark brown. And it has a slightly raised dais that's there. And on it, there is seated an elf. He looks young, which, you know, it's hard to tell with elves, but he doesn't have that air that Elevonre, the archdruid, has. Mm-hmm. He is hovering cross-legged about a foot off of the dais, his eyes closed. His hands are clasped together with his elbows pointed straight out to the sides. And there's no cushion to see beneath him. He is also bare from the waist up, and he is wearing just a simple cloth to cover his waist and his groin. And there is a low hum emanating from him. Jim, are you still wearing that cloak of eyes? I am, but I'm regretting it. (laughs) You see all of these white and yellow tendrils of power flowing off of this guy. And they're flowing up into the ceiling above you and into the walls and into the floor and spreading out in every direction to the point that it's almost hard to look. You almost can't even really tell that he's nude because he's glowing with power. That's good. Jim no longer averts his eyes. The rest of you can hear this hum, but you don't see the lights and such, although you might notice that his long brown hair is sort of moving around a little bit as if there's a breeze. Oh, wow, Kellen, who is that? Can I talk to him? Is that the Archdruid? No, that's not the Archdruid. Uh, To be quite honest with you, I have no idea who that is. What is he doing? Uh, It seems to me he's sitting on a dais. But his hair's moving like my hair moves whenever I do magic. Well, maybe he's magicking. Mm. Does this have something to do with that giant force field? 
I mean, so you think he's one elf is powering that force field? You never know. He could be level twenty. <laughs> That's true. Wish spell's pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, but no. Uh, there are some rumors that there are people that go above level twenty. You all hear footsteps and <laughs> off from the side. There are doorways that are leading into other areas inside this building. You hear footsteps and approaching from off to your left is a woman, an elf lady. She is approaching you all. She, well, she doesn't approach you all. She steps out of the doorway and she's got a, a scroll in her hand. She's reading it and she looks up and she sees you standing there. She says, oh, uh, hello, how can I... I'm sorry, what business do you have here in the Corrine? Oh, the Archdruid has stepped out for, there was, a, there was an emergency. Uh, names, I'm Lord, Lord Darkbolt. This is Sir Vance and Kellen and Jim hey. and Guy and Paldo. Um, we're here to save the tree. Hi. Hi, Nina. It's been a while. I'm just here to see my oh. grandpa. Hello, Kellen. It's good to see you. It's been so long. How is your mother? Oh, she's doing really great. Um, well, yeah, she's doing really great. I'm glad to hear that. Dad made a new um, find with alchemy, so we've we started making a little bit more money. So it's it's going pretty well. I'm glad to hear that. Are are you here to see the archdruid? I'm assuming. Yeah, that, that, I don't know. Um, Lorik's like doing everything in his power not to burst out and say everything. Do we have to make an appointment like last time, or you think it'd be all right? Oh no, you don't need to make an appointment. He had to step out for. I don't know if you heard, there was some sort of an explosion off down the Solch District. Have you seen my robes? <laughs> he told us to come here because, well, uh, to be quite frank with you, Nina, I almost died, so. Now that you mention it, you all look a little worse for wear. We kind of blew up for a minute there. Did you see your grandfather <laughs> down that way? Oh, yeah, he said he had to take care of some stuff, but he told us to come here and wait for him here, and he would be back oh. soon. Well, why didn't you say so? Come on, if you'd like, I can put you all with maybe some food. I'm sure you must be hungry. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Maybe somewhere to get some rest. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Rest sounds great. Maybe some new clothes, because these are not looking very well. Oh, yes, it seems like maybe you all have had a rough day. The naked dude behind you, power's just humming on. <laughs> He's a lightsaber. <laughs> wow, wow. Jim, are you are you just standing over here talking to her, or are you doing anything with all the stuff coming off that guy? What do you, what you what are you doing? So I am looking around trying to figure out all that power radiating. So while they're talking, are you sort of walking around the room and just checking out different things? Yes, but I'm doing it in a surreptitious way. Like maybe I'm looking at something behind me. If you catch my meaning, I got you. She says. Kellen, would you like to introduce me to all of your friends? We've met. You're Lorik, right? Uh, Lord, Lord Darkbolt. Lorik. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Are, yep. Forgive me. I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but are are you a high elf? Uh, well, uh, thank you for the compliment. Yes, I am. Uh, I take it you're a... What, what, what family are you from? Um, well, My mother's name was Lisa. Lisa. Is that Paul or Nina? Oh, ironically, that is my mom's name. I honestly didn't even think about that That's when I said beautiful. it. Ironic. Went he, from Nina to Lisa for some reason. He uh, he looks at her real for a long time, and he's like, Lisa. Le- Lisa? Do you know her? Mona? Do you know a Lisa? I, I know Lisa lots Mona. of Lisas. Oh, well, are you from Venthaven? I am from Venthaven. Oh, that's that's interesting. I'm Lord Darkbolt of House Darkbolt. 
Oh, okay. And this is Sir Vance off to wall. No one cares about the he. Dark. He like leans down towards Kellen. He's like, do they not use last names? We use last names, but it's not that big of a deal. Oh, uh, well, uh, pleasure to meet you. I hope you're from one of the good houses. And he oh, like, all right. okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, he's a little bit of the weirder one of our groups. And this is Sir Vance off the wall. He is uh, a knight from Branshire. He's a paladin of the great god Paylor. Oh, wow. We are humbled to have you with us, Sir Knight. This it's here is Guy. You. He's pretty cool. Um, Hello, Guy. He is Sir Vance's retainer. Guy just nods. This is Jim. Hey, I'm Jim. Jim Carth. I'm not even going to attempt to say his <laughs> Jim full Carth. name. Jim Alil. Hello, Jim. It's it's nice to meet you. Jim Alil. But you can call me Jim. Jim, you seem to be a bit distracted. Do you have something on your mind? Is something? Is everything all right? This is just a fascinating place. I've never quite seen the like. It is, isn't it? I apologize, milady. Sometimes I find myself in my own mind a little too much. No need to apologize, Jim. I walk off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I often find myself wondering in my own thoughts as well. And this is Paldo, uh, our newly befriended person. He is short like me. <laughs> Hi, Nina. My name is Paldo. Hey, Paldo's my friend. I am short. And this is Char. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 so, uh, Lisa? Um, Nina. Lisa was my mother. Oh, I'm sorry, Nina. Uh, I'm I'm really bad with names. You're okay. It's He's fine. just really bad. I'm just I'm trying to. F I don't understand how uh, the etiquette works here. But my lady, uh, how uh, do you know where I could find a tree? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh. We are we are currently actually right beneath. No, I mean like the tree. Um, the, we're surrounded by trees. <laughs> Why don't you all follow oh. me and we'll get you some dinner. And some somewhere to get some rest oh, while we I, wait for the arch. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kellen. I guess we can wait till your grand grandpa comes back. I'm just we just we need to hurry. So the tree he's talking about, you've probably heard the birds in this area uh, twittering about some hashtag save the tree. Hmm, it does sound familiar. <laughs> if you'd like to follow me, we have much to eat. Yes, I follow her. Okay, because I'm hungry. She leads down a hallway, and there's a kitchen area with a couple of dining tables there. Not like a huge eating area. It's it's more so just for Elevon Ray and some guests, things like that. You all go in there. She prepares you some food. What would you like? Can we have anything? She asks what you would like. I would like a Chick-fil-A sandwich with a, a large waffle fry and a large Coke, please. Uh, my lady, uh, do you have honey mead? Um, I'm sure that we do. Um, Yeah. Uh, surveillance they have your stuff do we have uh, fresh water what we, yes we have plenty of fresh water do you have molasses mead we have molasses and mead can i have a a nice salad you're confused absolutely hmm? he's confused water are you okay you feel you feel okay i feel fine what's wrong with water Somewhat impressed. Um, can I get some? Uh, just, I just need some like bread and cheese, and you don't have to do absolutely. Fancy. There's actually already bread and cheese on the <laughs> table. Paldo says, "Can I have a turkey leg?" Oh, Paldo, that's a great idea. I'll have she, I'll have one as well. She says, "I believe our rangers actually brought in some turkey meat for us just this morning. If you'd like, I could prepare some turkey. All the turkey. 
You got any crab legs? I'm sorry, we don't typically keep seafood. It's we're quite a distance from oh, the sea. I figure you all had a pond up here in this tree. You said anything. I'm sorry. No, I sushi? asked you what you wanted. I didn't say we had everything, Su- Laura. Sushi? Why don't you ask me some more about my last name? I'm, well, I'm, I, anyway, I'm just kidding. You all have any samurai armor? <laughs> 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 what would you like for supper? I'd really like some enchanted samurai armor, please. <laughs> Made to my size. With a phoenix on it. Could I get some free two-day shipping on that, please? <laughs> please. Any chance you got any magic items in that food? <laughs> um, yes. That's a magic turkey leg. Can I get maybe a wish spell, please? <laughs> oh, of wish spell. Can I get a level up? Is that possible? This wish bone has been imbued with the magic spell wish. Okay. Oh my gosh. Paul, you all have a huge meal, and mm. it's delicious. The bread is wonderful. It's probably the best bread you've ever eaten. Is it better than um, other breads? Yes. Oh, wow. It is better than other breads. That's crazy. <laughs> the cheese is good. Everything is delicious. You guys eat to your heart's content, and as soon as your stomachs are filled, you find yourselves very Sunday afternoon nappy. I nap. If you all would like, there are plenty of couches just inside here, and there's just a wall lined with lazy boys. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, they're just comfy, cushioned places on the floor for you all to take naps. If you'd like to get some rest, Allow your wounds to heal some. I'm sure the Archdruid will be quite some time before he returns. Can we have, as soon as he comes in, like, even if we're asleep, can someone please wake us up? We really need... Oh, um, don't worry. Is when he when he returns and he is ready to speak with you, we will we will wake you. No, I mean, like, as soon as he returns. Oh, he's so terrible. <laughs> you know who he reminds me of? Who? He reminds me of that kid from that Vine, that meme video. And he's like, do you ever have a dream where you, you and you... And you wish, and you were, and you it. Yeah, I hate that kid. <laughs> and it goes on. I hate that kid that so much. Lyric. And you, and there was, and you, I went to, and the, you were, and it, it was, they, uh, it was, and then, uh, and then you were, and then we, and then not. And you yes. could do anything. Oh, you could do anything. That's the end of it. And you yes. <laughs> that is Loric. That is Loric. Oh, oh, that was that was him just now. Mm. Okay. So, Kellen, were you going to say something? Yeah. So I looked through it, and mm-hmm. what I gathered is that it takes eight hours to get a new friend, but you should be able to revive it in like. A couple minutes, like that's what I was. What I saw. I don't know what you want to do. A couple of minutes is a no. Definitely okay. not. Definitely not a couple of minutes. All right. Um, I mean, it did just take a couple of minutes last time. Just, I mean, that was just to teach you something about it, and also your mother oh, okay. was like helping you. Oh, okay, um, okay. Give me. So it's just going to take some time. Not. I'm not going to say it's going to take you. Eight hours. See, that's to magically bond a beast that isn't hostile to you. Yeah. Okay. We'll just say it takes a couple hours. Okay. Okay. So, like, by the time he gets back, or like, I mean, you don't know how long he's going to be, but yeah, I mean, I imagine you could go ahead and do it. Yeah, I want to start that. Okay. So, as everyone else gets their rests, you follow the instructions that your mother gave you before and start the process of returning Charlie to life. You know, it takes some time, some meditation. A little bit of preparing yourself. You do the best you can, summon your power, whatever. And then you give the incantation and you summon Charlie while the rest of them are sleeping slash meditating. Okay. 
And then Charlie comes once again out of a sort of portal. I told you I'd bring you back and I'd see you soon. And uh, and he just falls over. And Charlie swoops down and he sort of catches you with the back of his neck. Oh. And then lowers you onto the ground and then just curls up next to you. And then bites your head off. When Lorik sees him stepping out of the portal, Lorik just kind of like drops his head and like turns away from him. Mm. So you guys are resting. Yes. And as you are resting, one thing is going to happen. You're all going to reach level five. (gasps) Except for Kellen. Kellen, are you going Ranger four or Druid two? So Druid two, I'd be able to beast form, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You all don't have to do all the level up stuff right now. Uh, do it I'm now. Just do it. Too late. I mean, you can if you know you what you want, but level four ranger is going to give you two ability score increases. Yeah, true. But I mean, I'm pretty good right now. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. We'll look. I'll look at it. You're all resting. You're getting well rested, and you can all click that long rest button because you sleep through the afternoon into the night before Elevonre returns to the Corrine and Lorik, even you, your four hour meditation comes and goes and you just keep on in your meditation. It feels like it's been an hour and it's been three hours. You know what I mean? And it takes you about twice as long as usual to get that where you want it to be. And then you are all roused by Nina. She steps into the room and she says, Kellen, everyone else, the Archdruid is here. He would like to see you now. Lorik springs up, immediately walks up, uh, yeah, I, I need to talk to him yesterday. If you'd like to follow me. I'm, I'm following? Yep, still, let's go. Kellen is passed out on the floor. She walks over and just sort of nudges you with her foot. Ah, ah, I get up and I wake up Charlie. I'm like, Charlie, wake up, wake up. It's time to go, bud. Charlie's just sort of sitting there looking at you like, I've been awake for the last two hours, bro. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> You don't have to be so sassy about it, all right? Like, he gets up, sort of shakes and stretches, starts walking toward the exit. Same. Well, I don't shake and stretch, but I get up and go. You all head that way. Yeah. It's funny because no one noticed that Charlie was. Lorik is definitely in the way. Everyone just kind of looked in this. Uh huh. Lorik said my two pieces in my pocket, and I'm just like putting them together, (laughs) trying to glue his pocket back together. Oh wait, 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 wait. Servants, servants, hold on. I actually do have a spell that I learned, and I prepared it because we had a long rest. Mm. Oh, yeah. What kind of spell? It is called Mending. Wow. Wow. And it's a, it is a cantrip <laughs> that I know. What does that do? The D&D veteran over here. Whoa, what does that do? <laughs> I know what it does. I know. I know. Go ahead and tell him. Okay. Yes. Whoa. It, Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm Owen Wilson. Wow. So, casting type takes one minute. I have to touch it. It's instantaneous. The spell repairs a single break or tear in an object you touch, such as a broken chain link, two halves of a broken key, a torn cloak, a leaking wineskin. As long as the break or tear is no longer than one foot in any dimension, you mend it, leaving no trace of the former damage. Okay, so what I need is, I need you to roll me a d20. All right, let's see here. 
That is a natural twenty. There you go. I rolled it. Oh, All right. Yeah. You you managed. Thank God. You managed to mend his pike with ease. Did it mend my broken heart as well? No. Your broken heart is still broken. My heart's still broken. I can't mend that. But you got a pike back. Yes. Wow, Kellen. It's impressive. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. I'm actually useful for once. Wow. Woo. I thought I was going to have to take this to a shop or something. Whenever the mending's going on, Lorik might walk over to Charlie and like try to catch his eye and be like, um, I'm sorry. You said to Charlie? Mm-hmm. He's not sorry. Charlie looks at you and he judges you with his eyes. <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. <laughs> he looks at you. Do you just say that or do you? Mm, I might take my hand like I'm going to pet him. Mm-hmm. And just see if he'll let me. He stops and looks at you for a second. And then he lowers his head and leans it towards you. I rub the top of his head for a minute and pat him. He just gives a little... Um. So, you all finally make your entrance into Corinne. Standing in the middle of the large wooden stump platform is a tall elven man. He is... A little over six feet tall, probably six two-ish, pretty tall. He is wearing a deep red tunic that comes down a little above his knees. It's kind of fancy looking, honestly. His blonde hair is down to a little past his shoulders, and it looks nice and clean and well-kept. And he is standing in front of that platform, that dais in the middle of the floor, where that younger elf with the dark hair is still sitting cross-legged, hovering over the dais, and that hum still fills the room. And, Jim, you can still see all of that magic and all those tendrils filling the area. Uh, I'm like, wow. Helen, will you you introduce me to your grandfather now? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. All right, so, um, been a while since I've done this. Grandfather, so, me and my friends, before... We came here to, uh, before all that happened, we came here on a, on a quest and I was, Kellen is saying they're talking, Elevonre just sort of kind of waves his hand at you a little bit like, hold on just a second. Okay. Kind of a dismissal. (laughs) Lorik steps up beside Kellen. Jim, you can see that there is magic flowing out from Elevonre into the elf that's sitting above the dais. I'm like, wow, look at all this magic just flowing around everywhere. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? No. No. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm just You're amused. Just I'm like, wow, I wonder why that mm-hmm. thinking internally. I wonder mm-hmm. why that magic's flowing from one to the other. And I try to mm-hmm. think, do I know of this being a thing? Hmm. 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 <laughs> Lord bows to the archmage. Archdruid. After a few moments, Jim, you see that connection between the two of them sever starting over at Elevonre. It's like he cuts it off, and it, the rest of it flows into that elf, and then it, everything else just continues on as normal, and he turns and faces you all, and he says, Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the Corrine. Uh, it's my pleasure. Hi. Um, I'm Lord. One moment. Kellen, it's good <laughs> to see you again. Yes. Hello. He steps forward and he gives you another one of those really awkward hugs where he has to lean way down and his elbows come out too far and he just sort of tenderly pats you on the back. Grandpa. 
don't you think it's weird that it, I'm so short and our awkward hugs are so awkward? Well, I'm doing the best that I can, Dylan. It... No, I know. It's not your fault. I just wish I was a little bit taller. It's my fault. Oh. Okay. How fares your mother, Helen? She's doing very well, Granddad. Um, and so mm. so is Dad. He's doing really great. That's good to know. He yep. doesn't care about your dad. I'm glad to hear that uh, Granduncle is is faring well as as well. It's um, good. Helen, good please. Come on, Lork's like about to have a seizure because he's just like shaking all over. Elevon Ray steps over toward you, Lorik, oh. and he extends a hand, sort of a uh, palm facing up towards you, and says, "Hello." You recognize this as a very formal Elven greeting. Yeah, he does the the non-touching thing where he just holds his hand a couple inches above it for mm-hmm. a second and then pulls back. Lorik stops jittering a little bit mm-hmm. and not as hard, and he goes. Uh, I'm I'm Lorik Darkbolt. I I've traveled across Monumi to see you. Lorik Darkbolt. Yeah, House Darkbolt from Venthaven. Oh. Uh, uh, I well, I'm here because I had a vision from Paylor, and he like glances at Servants <laughs> and glances back. I'm not saying anything. Archdruid. I knew a Darkbolt once. You did? Yes, I have known Darkbolts in my past. Uh, you might know my father. What is his name? Oh, well, we're supposed to call him Lord Darkbolt. He's on the council, Siren Darkbolt. He's my father. Um, he Siren. he has nothing to do with me being here. Actually, I I was sent on on a mission from Venthaven, and I went to Branchire and the High Cleric Glaren. He sent me to 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 save the tree. That there's this there's this tree, and there's a grove, and there's a stone in the middle of the grove, and it's full of magical power. And someone's gonna try and steal it. And whenever they try to steal it, all of the Fallen Grove's going to die, and, and maybe even all of Monumi oh, and Etonia. Oh, hold on, wait. Lark, please. You're saying too much at once. I'm saying everything that you need to hear. This would be easier for me if it were in our uh, native tongue, he says. And then he kisses you on the mouth. commits to speaking only in Elvish. Oh. Uh, Lork follows and stops stuttering. I need you to be clear. When you say you've had a vision from Paylor of a tree, mm-hmm. what exactly is it that you think that I can do for you? He wants to know where the tree is. You say in Elvish? I say in Elvish. He turns and looks at you, and he gives you a, just a little bow of his head, and he says, and what is your name, human? Sir Vance off the wall. I see that you bear the symbol of Paylor on your chest. Yeah, what's left of it? It all got burned off the other day. <laughs> I have no doubt that this mission that you are on, this holy quest, is quite important. Allow me to gather my thoughts before we go any further on this issue. Lorik uses the elvish word for sage or leader, Mm -hmm. um, and that's how he addresses him. And then he says in elvish, very calmly and slowly... I'm looking for the heart of Atonia herself, perhaps the oldest grove in all of Fallen Grove. With your help, I can save Atonia. He looks at you, and then he... Uh, do the other two of you speak Elvish? I think I do. Uh, yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> He's half elf. Kellen? I don't know. His mom's oh, an I mean, elf. We'll say that you do. It doesn't I'm, matter. We're going to say that you do. Your mom's an elf. <laughs> we all speak Elvish. Everyone speaks Elvish. That's fine. Except but, Guy. 
Yeah, God's totally in what the dark. What about here. Charlie? Charlie doesn't speak. He speaks bear. Yeah, he speaks bear. First <laughs> of all, Lorik, it seems you have a bit of a flair for the dramatic. <laughs> Calm down. Boom! <laughs> roasted. Secondly, <laughs> Tonya herself is in no immediate danger. If she was, I would be the first to hear of it. Kellen. Yes, sir. Why did you bring this high elf here to speak to me about things of which he does not understand? Well, uh, I... Surely you must understand that the things which he's speaking, were to have knowledge of them, would be considered very secretive and confidential knowledge. I didn't really understand it, to be honest. I, I've never really understood this quest. I just, I was the guide. You think he's just been running around telling people about this? What would make you think that I would have the answers you're seeking? Because you're the because arch-druid of this whole forest? Because mom told me. He stops and looks at you, Kellen. Uh-oh. And he says, Elamir told you to speak with me. She told me to come and speak on these people's behalf. He looks at you again, Lorik. You've spoken with my daughter? Sage, your daughter sent your grandson here to tell you that it's real, that she saw the grove and that you need to help me. He looks a little bit shaken, honestly, for the first time. I mean, if you were to describe him up to this point, his face is practically emotionless. He just got wrecked. Very stoic. For my daughter to have given you any insight concerning this particular truth, she must have been convinced that it was quite serious. She saw my vision about how it ends if you don't help me. He steps towards you, and he reaches his hand up toward your head, and then he stops. He says, may I? Of course. And you are taken into a memory. Oh, gosh. Of a grove. In this grove, there is a tree. And it is shining with leaves that are bright like the sun. And after a few moments, you hear this music. And as the music permeates the grove, the tree begins to open up. The parts of the wood just growing out and revealing deep within it this small wooden chasm and seated right in the center of it is a stone black as night blacker than darkness itself and all these tendrils of light are connected to it and then just as always just as the very first time you saw it the scene shifts suddenly there is a wind blowing through the light goes out the leaves are strewn all around the stone is ripped free from within the tree, and there is a screaming, screeching howl. You open your eyes again, and Elevonre has taken about four steps back, and his hand is over his chest. He's dead. He's dead. No, he's not dead. You, he looks at, Sir Vance, you have seen this. Every every time I meditate, with my waking eye. 
He reaches over, he puts his hand on Cervantes' shoulder. He says, your cleric, he, he, he received this vision, he says, from Pelor himself. Yes. I've seen it as well. He looks at the rest of you. You five adventurers, you have come all this way. Listen, this grove, it does, I do know where it is. This is a secret that I have kept personally since the beginning. The beginning of? Of what? All that you see here. And he waves his hand around at the Corrine. The beginning of Canopy? Fallen Grove? Not the beginning of the forest, but the beginning of, of Atonia's domain. So you were here when Atonia formed the forest? Not the trees, but the canopy. Sage, how old are you? I've lost count ages past now. Dark Bolt. Lord just locks eyes with him. Oh boy. So you realize Palor has said something. Have you not heard from Atonia? I have heard from Atonia as much as we ever hear from Atonia, or as much as the humans ever hear from Pelor. The gods, they have taken a much less active role with the free people of Manumi over the last few millennia. Things are very different. So it's a secret you keep? Yes. Would you mind sharing? No one's guarding the grove but you. Oh, no. No, the grove is guarded. I just simply know where it is. What if this has already happened? This has not happened. Will you take me? Mm, This is hard. There is no will you. You will take us. Paladin, I appreciate your... Strength, but the truth is, I must, I must think for a moment. If what you have seen is true, and something is trying to reach the grove, do you all have any inkling of who or what it might be? Lizard bats. Lizard bats. Definitely lizard bats. What about that big thing in the woods when we were I think that was a giant lizard bat. The great blackness that approached the forest. It could have something to do with it. Were you involved? It was chasing us. We did see this one thing come out of Lorik one time. It was like this swirly black cloud thing. It seemed pretty evil. That was from a beholder beholder, displacer base? Yeah. That was from the black monster that that bit me, Kellen. I don't don't know anything about this, but uh, that thing, it was you were there when it approached... The canopy? It was approaching us. Yeah, it was chasing us. Yeah, I did a bad thing and tried to see through its eyes, and that was not good. Don't ever do that. You see Nephiel here, and he points to the elf that's over there levitating. He maintains the shield around the canopy. Touch it. I was doing this. We all knew this. <laughs> I, was, I was doing this before, but when the explosion occurred on the Solch branch, I had to... Entrusted to him for this time. That creature was something I've never before encountered. I could feel it. Its darkness was something different. You have encountered these things before. They've been they've been chasing us since like episode three? They've been chasing you. I mean, everywhere we go they just kinda crop up and one time we were flying a ship and they were attacking us. Another time we were just going through this this place and they were attacking us. And then they chased us through the woods. And 
Yeah, they're basically everywhere. They usually come at night. Grandfather, they've intact our home. He looks ticked when you say that. Look, I'm inclined to believe you. I'm inclined to help you the best that I can. But how are we to know that one of you is not actually the one that is seeking to take this stone? Huh? How am I supposed to know that one of you is not the one that seeks to take the stone? It stands to reason that if whoever wants it knew where it was, then it would already have been taken. Oh. That's not solid reasoning. See, there's probably someone else out there trying to get it, and we're trying to get there before they get there. So, I don't know what's keeping them. They probably just don't know where it is. But they can find it by just, you know, looking. Are you the only person who knows where it's at? No. No, I'm not the only person who knows, but I will agree to help you. But first, I need you each to agree to allow me to see what you have seen. Done. I've already seen all that there is to see from behind your eyes. Yeah, there's not a lot. It's kind of magic items and saving the tree. More than that. (laughs) Servants? I'm fine with it. He steps up, he places his hand on the side of your head, and for a moment you just sense nothing, and then it's like you sense everything at once. Mm. You have experienced great pain, Servants, but I do not see wickedness in you. He goes to Kellen. My child, I'm afraid that you are no exception to this. Yes, sir. And he stands up tall. As tall as he can, I mean. He puts his hand on the side of your head, and you, just like Cervantes, basically see everything from your life, especially from the time that you've reached adulthood, more or less, until now, in a quick flash. All right, there are tears in my eyes when he's done, by the way. When he is finished, he places his hand on your shoulder and the other on your shoulder, and he leans down and kisses you on the forehead, and he says, I'm sorry. Kellen. It's okay. And then he goes to Guy. And Guy looks really, really nervous. <laughs> he says, uh, yeah, whatever you need, sir. And Elevon Ray sort of turns his head to the side, looks at him, and he says, Guy, what is your place in all this? And Guy says, uh, I drive the chariots <laughs> when they're not flying. <laughs> something like I don't uh, honestly I don't know and he and Elevon Ray sort of grins for the first time <laughs> you know and he says I understand and he reads Guy and he says you are you are fine and he turns to Jim <laughs> Jim backs up oh, oh boy oh here we go here we go about to get real you know, isn't Antonia's blessing enough? She wouldn't give us her, her blessing if we were bad, right? Mm. Oh, boy. Yes, that, that sort of makes sense. Here's the part where we all die. The but real see, moment Jim, we've all been waiting for. The thing is that there's truth to that, Jim. I, you're not wrong, but it is also true that we change. People change often. I don't. It's simple, Jim. If I am to reveal to you the greatest secret that I've ever been tasked with keeping, then I must have assurances that you will protect this secret 
and honor righteousness. Oh, I, I have no doubt that I will protect the secret and honor righteousness. My concern is sometimes this sort of magic doesn't work well on me. I don't understand why. But we had a we had a whole thing earlier, and but you know, uh, so if I have a bad reaction to it, do you have any epipens on you? I can ensure you that so far I've yet to encounter any sort of uh, magical resistance that I have not been able to handle. Oh boy, <laughs> he's about to. Okay, and <laughs> Jim. Jim kind of walks up and, well, I'm just warning you because I might go catatonic and die or something. Well, I'll be here to resuscitate you if you start to go into shock, Jim. And he reaches his hand up, places it beside your face. And the episode ends. And that's working in this week. I'm just kidding. We're not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> No, we're gonna I do was this one about thing. to seriously kill you. It's a little long in the tooth, mm. but I'm going to do this one thing. Wouldn't that be awful, man? That would be so <laughs> terrible. I really should. I'm not going to do that. That would be awful. Your vision goes black. And Jim, just like when you had that nightmare, you are seeing the night that the ritual took place. You can hear a storm brewing outside. And you're looking down on yourself in the middle of this great, old, dusty library. But something is different this time. You see an elf standing in the doorway, wearing a deep red tunic with his arms crossed, watching, while you, down on your knees, begin to scratch together all the different components of this ritual saying the incantations, doing everything just like you've seen a few times in your memories recently. The papers that you had strung around the room are now spinning around in a circle of a whirlwind that is swirling around this circle that you've drawn on the floor. And there is that cloud again. It begins to spin towards the ground. And then as this darkness approaches and it leans down over your shoulder just like you've seen just like you saw recently just like has been haunting your memory ever since that night the shadow begins to burn out at the edges in an orange light the room still shrouded in darkness as if the light can't pierce through this dark cloud that's hovering over you but elevon ray can see clearly with a wave of his hand as a short figure steps out of the cloud with their hand on your shoulder, leaning over. She has coffee-colored skin. She's no more than around four feet tall. Her brown hair just beyond shoulder length and tangled, unkempt. She's adorned with a short dress woven together with leaves of green, orange, and red that cling tightly to her curvaceous figure. Her eyes burn with the same light that surrounds her as she steps towards you, her hands outstretched with a mischievous smirk on her face. And as realization dawns on Elevonre, her face jerks toward him in the doorway. Frozen in place for just a moment, he quickly bows his head as she waves her hand in his direction. And he opens his eyes again. And you're back inside the Corrine. 
He is staring right into your eyes, Jim. So did I pass? Jim, when did you meet Atonia? And that's where we're going to end this week's episode. Well, Tony and I actually have six kids. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that's who that was. She uh, told me her name was Cheryl. Okay. Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl. This has been Make Believe Heroes. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's episode. A little crazy. Wow. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to help us out by telling a friend about our show. An easy way to do that is to share a link that we post on Twitter. Follow us, MBH Podcast. You can also help us get the word out by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. And, of course, you can always reach us. Send us an email. We might even read it in a bonus episode or something like that. Send those emails to makebelieveheroespodcast at gmail.com. Before we go, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. We often give a shout-out to BattleBards.com on the show for all of their great tabletop sound effects and music. You know, ones like this. And these. Tampa, Tanya. Tanya, Arawa. Tina. Nata. And some of this right here. You know the ones. If you're interested in using some of these crazy sound effects or some of the beautiful music that BattleBards can provide for your game, you should go right now to BattleBards.com. They've begun a subscription service called BattleBards Prime, which gives you access to hundreds of tracks that are incredible for your table. In fact, if you go right now and use the coupon code MBHPODCAST, you can get 15% off your BattleBards Prime subscription. So go right now and use the code MBHPODCAST to start using fantastic audio today with 15% off. And it'll also help us out. We promise you won't be disappointed. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. We love you. We do. Bye. 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 Bye.